And I invite you to arise as you are able for the reading of this morning's scripture, taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Hear anew this Easter story. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Well, every year when Holy Week and Easter rolls around, I have great memories of uh, children in the churches that I've served across the years and the way they make those days special for me. Just this morning uh, at the earlier service, uh, one of the little friends came in with an Easter basket full of eggs and they gave me one and gave Pastor Milton one and it had jelly beans in it. It no longer has jelly beans in it, <laughs> but I'll keep the egg. Another little friend made one for me this morning during the service. Special memories. Yesterday at the extravaganza on the parking lot, looked like the State Fair of Texas, and one of my little friends came up and asked a wonderful question. They said, if Jesus died on Friday, why do we call it good? Friday? It's a pretty deep question, isn't it? I said it's because that Friday was so good for us, we call it Good Friday. I never have an Easter that goes by that I don't remember the Sunday when I called the children down for children's time and we went through the story of the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus and I was getting ready to pray and I just said the word dear to say dear God and the little boy said hey Barry and I said what he says that sounds a lot like zombies to me <laughs> talk about short-circuiting your Easter sermon for for the day there's something special about this week we know the story all year long and we are grateful for the story all year long but when we come to Holy Week 
we try in a special way to enter into the story, to be a part of it, to join those first disciples in experiencing Jesus' life and ministry, and then to share what it was like to experience his death. On Thursday night, we gathered around the communion table and took our place with those first disciples. On Friday night, we remembered the story of Jesus' crucifixion and we felt the same weight of that that those first disciples felt as Jesus died on the cross. And sometimes it's easy for us to forget that as hard as we try with as much devotion as we can muster as we enter into that story, we always experience knowing the ending. We know about Easter. So we always have hope, even in the midst of the despair of the loss of Jesus. We always know how it ends. Someone once wrote these words, I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. I think that speaks for all of us, doesn't it? Will we be afraid of death? We'll know when our time comes, I suppose. But we do know how hard death is when we lose someone we love, don't we? We know what that despair can be. We know what that weight of hopelessness can be in our life. Why do we feel that we feel in that moment that death had the last word, that death had a victory over all that person was to us. Well, those first followers of Jesus loved him more than they could express in their words. He was to them the love of God embodied. He was to them God in the flesh They experienced God's presence when they were in his presence. They watched with amazement as he went about his life, acting out of nothing but compassion to everyone. And then they were shocked to watch this one who had done nothing but good be arrested and tried as a criminal. It had been a terrible, terrible week. He was sentenced to death to die in the most humiliating and brutal way possible. He was nailed to a cross and he dies. Jesus is dead and they place him in a tomb. Those who loved him the most were devastated. Those who followed him for those two or three years suddenly felt lost and disoriented, adrift. Those who believed in him as the Messiah suddenly found that faith riddled with doubt. Things had changed. They felt death had won, that the ultimate victory went to death. But then we have 
the story of Easter. With all that thoughts in their mind, all the heaviness of grief in their heart, these two faithful women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, make their way to the tomb. As they arrive, the earthquakes because an angel has come and rolled the stone away. And we always need to remember the angel didn't roll the stone away so Jesus could get out. The angel rolled the stone away so that Mary and Mary could get in and see the truth of the extent of God's power and God's love. Matthew tells us the angel looked like lightning. And in that gloomy morning of their grief, their clothes shone like snow to the Marys as they came. I love that Matthew tells us that the Roman guards were so terrified they just faint dead away. The women don't faint. The Roman soldiers faint. My guess is after watching their beloved Jesus die, there was nothing that could shock them so much or horrify them any more than what they had already seen. The angel says, do not be afraid. I know you're here looking for Jesus, the one who was crucified, but he is not here. He is risen. Come and see the place where he lay. And now go tell the other disciples, Jesus is going to Galilee. They should head that way. And when they get there, they'll meet him. And so the two Marys in joy and fear, Matthew says, begins to make their way to find the other disciples and they run into Jesus. And Jesus greets them. And they worship him. You see, their faithfulness put them in a position they didn't have to wait till Galilee. They got to spend time with Jesus right then, right there in the garden that had been their garden of despair. In that moment, nothing was the same. In that moment, nothing could ever be the same. Love had won the victory over death. The ultimate enemy, the ultimate fear was no longer the last word. It was Easter. Those two faithful women discovered what uh, Mitch Album writes so beautifully in the book Tuesdays with Maury when he says, death ends a life it does not end a relationship. I love in this story that in the darkness and despair and grief of that early morning light, Jesus still knew the Marys. And the Marys still knew him. That's what made all the difference. In that encounter, in the sound of the greeting from Jesus, those little seeds of hope that had been planted by the angel at the door of the tomb blossomed in their hearts. And they went on their way 
to tell the good news. Love is victorious. Jesus lives. And all these years later, we still come and we still hear this story because Easter still proclaims to us that in the face of all of our fears, all of our struggles, all of our failures, all of our sin, love wins. God's love in Jesus is victorious. And when that doesn't seem to be true in our lives, when it sure doesn't feel like that's the truth in our life, that's when we need to hold on to it the tightest. That's when we need to believe it the most. Those two Marys, nothing but grief, nothing but despair, the loss of their rabbi and friend, the electricity of the faith he brought to their life, short-circuited by doubt, their joy turned to sorrow. But Easter came. And when Easter came, they realized that not even death could stop God's love from reaching out in the world. Frederick Beekner, when he writes of this story, says, Resurrection means that the worst thing is not the last thing. Isn't that beautiful? Resurrection means the worst thing is not the last thing. So I want to say to you, if you are at a place in your life, a moment in your life, where you're experiencing the worst thing? Hear the good news. That's not the last thing. If you come here with a heart that's broken because someone you love is going through the worst thing, hear this good news. The worst thing is not the last thing. If like those two Marys, you're walking into this day with heads bowed by grief and eyes blurred by tears, hear this good news. The worst thing is not the last thing. And if you feel like you are unlovable, that your sin is unforgivable, hear this good news. The worst thing is not the last thing. Some people might ask, how can you believe that? How can you stand up there and say that in the mess of a world that we live in? Here's why. Because he is not here. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.